Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes, yes, welcome in. Good Saturday morning to you. John Dickinson and Kyle Madsen. We're with you here for the next four hours until 1 o'clock at 95.7 The Game. And a lot to get into 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. Kyle, my man, good to good to be with you, brother. Yeah, happy to be back. Had to take uh, had to take last week off, but we're back. We're back in the saddle, and we have football to talk about. Yeah, we have football to talk about, and a lot of 49er football to talk about. Is training camp underway? The the last day of the the, the first. Uh, what's the best way? But the, the first uh, block of, of training camp uh, ending today with the, the fourth non-padded practice, then an off day tomorrow for the 49ers, and then the pads come on on Monday. So that's that's when it really gets kicked into high gear for real beginning on Monday. But, yeah, you had the John Lynch-Kyle Shanahan press conference to get everything rolling on Tuesday. And then, as I mentioned, the practice is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and there will be another one ongoing. Uh, they're going to get that bad boy in during our show. Like that, that, they can get an entire NFL training camp practice in while while we're on the air. So that's exactly what's going to happen today. And, and Kyle Shanahan scheduled to meet with the media since he's doing it before practice now in about fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that he did that, but I think I would do the same thing. If I had a media obligation, I think I would for sure do it before practice. I when practice ends, I'm gone, man. I'm in meetings. I'm doing stuff. I, uh, I, I, I rock with that time management. You know what's interesting about it is I, I thought it was completely a, a tactic by the 49ers. Originally, the schedule comes out, and it is as it had been since mm-hmm. 2017. Practices are anywhere between 10 o'clock and 10.30, they're going to run about two hours. Typically, the 49ers run under on the, on the two-hour total most days. And Kyle Shanahan, who doesn't doesn't speak every day, D'Amico Ryan's, they, they split it up. But Kyle, I, I would say, probably talks two out of every three days on average during training camp. But it always had been 
after practice. And the schedule had come out that it was going to be after practice this year, as it has been these these last uh, five years, going back to 2021. And then after the first day, the schedule was revised. And on the days where Kyle Shanahan was scheduled to speak, it became an hour before practice. And, and that meant that players and, and others would be available after practice. The long and the short of it, though, Kyle, is I thought it was a tactic. I, I thought it was, hey – hey, I don't want to have everybody watch Trey Lance for two hours and then come in and pepper me with 50 questions about Trey Lance every single day. You're, if we do it an hour before practice, one, it's going to cut some of the riffraff down like mm-hmm. it, it, in a lot of ways because there's a lot of people that go just to watch practice right. during training camp, media members that come just to watch practice. If you're having the media availability an hour before – and you're coming from all over the Bay Area, to me it cuts down. Like a lot of people just be like, you know what, I'll get there at 10.30 for practice. I'm right. not going to get there at 9 o'clock to, to ask Kyle a question or to listen to Kyle or, or whatever. The other thing it does is he doesn't talk every day. So if you talk, let's say, on a Wednesday, and then your next schedule day is Friday, that's two practices that will be in the books before hmm. you have to – so again, I again conspiracy theorist that I am, and not to get too lost in the weeds on this right at the top of the show, but I thought it was a tactic. Then Kyle Shanahan came in the first day he was scheduled at nine fifteen, kind of disheveled, and and offered an opening statement to the media saying, "Yeah, you know, I don't feel like I have enough time at the end of pra- at, after practice, and and so I'm doing it this way, but I don't even know how much I like it." And it actually seemed really genuine, like. He really was trying to figure out his day, and somebody said, why don't you just do it before practice, get it out of the way. I, I don't think it was a tactic anymore, even though I did think it was a it was a tactic initially. It definitely feels like an added benefit, for sure, because now when Trey Lance struggles, people get a night to sleep on it, people get a, 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 an opportunity to kind of think about it, and it's not this, because depending on who you ask, Trey Lance is 4 of 11 or 3 for 10 with an interception yesterday. And like you said, if that's immediately after practice, like, man, what'd you see? What went wrong? What are you coaching him up on? And it's this, and now it's going to be that more, if he gets asked about it at all, it's going to be a more well-crafted kind of big picture question more than a one practice knee-jerk reaction question that he's going to have to react to. So I'm with you. Maybe not what he was looking for, but definitely an added benefit. Yeah, and an added benefit, I, I think for sure. And, and then those days where there's there's the two days in between, uh, to to where again maybe you're you're speaking to the media on a Monday, and then you don't talk again till till Wednesday before practice. So it's two practices. It, it gives an opportunity. Oh, maybe one practice isn't so hot. Maybe the next practice is a little bit better. You can focus on that. And then I think it also uh, cut, cuts down on some of the riffraff, right? It, you know, only the the only people that you know for sure that are always going to be there at nine fifteen right. are the beat writers, and so that that cuts it down. And instead of maybe having thirty people in the room after a practice where everybody watched Trey Lance either do well or not do well, now we're talking more in the seven to ten range. Yeah, and and I think it's just basic time management, right? Like typically, a morning workout is better than that that mid afternoon or evening workout. I think this is kind of the same deal. Uh, 888-957-9570. So, yeah, 49er training camp uh, off and moving. Slow start for for Trey Lance. Yeah, a couple of three for tens, depending upon who you follow. And uh, I think Mayoko had him at four for 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was not out there yesterday, uh, full disclosure, because I was hosting 
uh, with Dibs in the 9-12 to 12 slot, so filling in for Mark Willard. So I don't have official numbers to, to add to that mix yesterday for, for mm. not being out there, Kyle. Uh, but I think it's safe to say slow start for Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy Ward picked him off Thursday. Hufunga got him on, on Friday. And, yeah, the number's 3 of 10, 4 of 11. What does it all mean? I mean, not a whole hell of a lot really at this point, especially without the pads on. That starts on Monday. However, I do think you'd you'd want him to come out of the gate humming, I, I think, especially without the pads. And so now we move forward. You know, everything Trey Lance is going to be under the microscope between now and September 11th when they take the field in Chicago. Uh, one, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a couple there's a couple there's a couple things. One, you can't judge really anything until pads come on. Like padless practices can't tell us a whole heck of a lot just because it's harder for the offensive linemen to block. They're doing it without Trent Williams, without Mike McGlinchey. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But I thought it, it, Kyle Shanahan said something interesting yesterday before practice. He basically said he's okay with his quarterbacks making mistakes in camp. Because they're just letting it rip. It's not a mistake of, okay, they didn't see where to throw it, so they're checking it down. It's like, yeah, hey, this throw might or might not be there, so let it fly. And you can live with an interception in practice. And it allows, A, the quarterback to push the boundaries of what they're doing physically. Remember, Patrick Mahomes had a big issue with that as well in 2018. There was this big fervor. Fervor. There's this big like fervor in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes is making a bunch of mistakes in practice, making wrong reads, making bad throws. And what it was, it turns out, was him figuring out what his arm and skill set could do against NFL defenses. And I think there's a little bit of that with Trey Lance. But the other thing Kyle Shanahan said is it allows him to learn what the quarterbacks can and can't do. So when he's calling plays, he's not putting them in positions to make throws that they can't make. So it's not necessarily good. It's not like, hey, all right, they're making mistakes. Go. This is this is awesome. But it's also not the end of the world. It's not necessarily like a bad thing where we can take these this these couple Trey Lance practices where he struggled and been like, oh, all their fears are realized. Get Garoppolo in there. It, it's not it's not something like that. Well, yeah, I think we're a ways away from get Garoppolo yeah. in there. Well, that, that one I was not <laughs> expecting, although Jimmy Garoppolo is still around. He is. Uh, going through that throwing program, uh, officially a 49er among the, the 90-man roster. Debo Samuel uh, around, which we didn't really know a couple of months ago whether that would be the case, but uh, not on the – well, on the field, but not participating in practice. He has been uh, on the field at, at various points over the course of the last few days with the – hold in and we'll see what happens as far as as his deal potentially getting done DK Metcalf got his deal done I know we're going to talk a lot about that uh, between now and, and one o'clock here as far as bringing it back to Trey and and the slow start Jimmy Garoppolo was not a great practice player he was not no. a great training camp player Mm-mm. he had uh, the the infamous day where he threw the five interceptions and and he was somebody specifically who would say that that he would try to do things in practice and I know we all focus on the mistakes that that Jimmy made in games but he made a hell of a lot more mistakes in practice than than he ever did in the games Mm. yeah and cleaned a lot of it up yeah and that's that's going to be the big thing is okay they're struggling in practice how do they build off that how do they learn from that and that's really going to be the big that's really going to be the big question. The other thing that we didn't realize in 2019 when Garoppolo was making those mistakes and he had that five-interception practice is that it turns out he was going against one of the best defenses in the NFL. 
And I think that that's something that is is showing early on in this year's training camp is it's not like, man, Trey is struggling. And also, who are the 49ers going to start at corner because they don't have any starting caliber corners and their safety play stinks? Like, no, they might they might have legitimately one of the five or six best defenses in the NFL this year. And I think that's worth noting. No, I think that's absolutely worth noting. And I think it also starts the conversation, Kyle, about just how good are the 49ers going to need Trey Lance to be Mm. because this team is – and just hearing Kyle Shanahan talk about it, D'Amico Ryans talk about it, it sounds like they believe this is – maybe the most talented team that they've had in in the last few years. I think certainly going into of the last three, we can, we can debate 2019. I mean, that team won what 13 games and and made it to the Super Bowl and and damn near won it. And the defense was, was loaded at that point. But I, I think this team, you look around at all the different position groupings and, and you can even on, on offense, a lot of running back depth. I think they've got, five wide receivers they know are going to be on the team, assuming Debo's back and, right. and accounted for, which we all think he, he will be. Uh, you look at the defense. I mean, this they really do have double digits in terms of, of defensive linemen, which they had going back 2019. I think it diminished a little bit the last couple of years, but I think they've almost built that depth back to the point it was before. And then, you know, the linebackers are very good. And as what we've seen the last few years, but the secondary to me is the area where there's a lot more depth and a lot more high-end talent. And, and Charvarius Ward, he looks the part and is going to, I think, allow others to just fall in line as, as depth and, and not asking him to do too much. So I have, a lot, I have a lot of takes on what you just said, but a couple of things. You mentioned the defensive line. Kyle Shanahan, who's talking right now, uh, Maurice Hurst likely out for the year. He tore his biceps. Ooh. So he tore his biceps yesterday. He's going to have surgery likely out for the year. Also Hassan Ridgeway injured his quad, not practicing today. So the Niners are all re- now all of a sudden this super deep defensive line now very thin because Eric Armstead also out a few weeks with a, with an MCL sprain that the team doesn't think is serious. So tough, uh, tough, early, tough, early breaks for the defensive line, but they're going to get uh, a look at some of their depth. And I would imagine with Hurst out, they're gonna they're gonna sign somebody else soon. But just to just to get back to Traverius Ward, I think that he makes this defense. He gives them a chance to be better than 2019. And for for the reasons you said along the defensive line, I think they're deeper. I think that that unit, yeah, they don't have DeForest Buckner anymore. But I think as a unit, that is going to be a better defensive line. If you're getting Traverius Ward playing at a high level, remember 2019, Richard Sherman was that second team All Pro. He's really good, but he, he was he was late stage Richard Sherman. If you're getting Traverius Ward in his prime with Emmanuel Mosley, because the Niners could never really figure it out across from Sherman. It was Akella Witherspoon, but then he got hurt, and then it was Mosley, and then they put Witherspoon back in, but he got pulled from Mosley, and they could never really... If Mosley's going to be a good starting caliber corner across from Traverius Ward, who's going to play at a Pro Bowl level... That, I think, is a better secondary with Jimmy Ward and Talano Hufanga. That's a better secondary to me than what they were rolling out in 2019. And if they're doing that it's with really a better good. defensive line, this could be a good defense. No, it's it's really good. And, and so you start to, to just look around and, and just check boxes. 
And it's like, well, what are the question marks? Because every team has some semblance of, of question marks. And the biggest question marks on the team are the offensive line, interior offensive line more specifically what's going to happen there and the quarterback so for all the talk about how Trey Lance is going to make this team better and more dynamic and explosive and he's going to be out there slinging it and he's got all these weapons and and look all of that may very well be true at some point even this season but when you look around the horn and I guess it's a nice problem for the 49ers to have the biggest question marks on the roster are the quarterback and maybe the most important pieces to helping the quarterback succeed yeah yeah with with the offensive line questions and that's the thing I'm interested with Lance because you 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 said he's going to be out there slinging it around and the offense is going to look different I don't think that's necessarily true this year yeah maybe right and I think where Lance the the difference that Lance can make this year because look he's I, I don't think this is breaking news He's not going to be as efficient as Jimmy Garoppolo was in terms of completing throws. He's not going to complete 68, 69, 70% of his passes. He's just he's not. That's not the kind of quarterback he is. And Jimmy Garoppolo was for for all of his faults, he was going to put the ball on his receiver or on a linebacker's chest. But I mean, you 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 get it. The the throw was typically going where it needed to go. That's not necessarily going to be the case with Lance, but can he get to 60-61% and then make up for the lack of the the fewer the the lower completion rate with more passes downfield where okay he's 61% but his average depth of target is in the is in the 9 10 11 yard range instead of the 6 7 8 yard range and now the Niners are getting explosive plays by pushing the ball down the field instead of these short throws where they're run, where the receivers are running after the catch I thought Brandon Ayuk spilled the beans this week when he was talking about the uh, Trey and and the ability to throw deep, and and he said it, and it was almost as if it was almost as if he was it was coming from Kyle Shanahan's brain when he said it. He said, you know, the deep throws, and I'm paraphrasing here, that's going to set up all the underneath stuff that we like a lot. <laughs> just just being able to throw <laughs> the ball deep, right. that's going to set up all that, and and yeah, you have to do it. And, and you want to be successful with it. And I agree with you. I, I think there's a couple of areas where Trey Lance, yes, the running ability, although I think they're going to, for the most part, run the, the same offense that they've been running. Yeah. But you can steal yards. That's the other area where I think Kyle Shanahan's, it's been a clear-cut tell when he talks about, hey, there's so many just basic plays where you can put Trey back there, you can fake the handoff or not, defense has to commit, and you can, with the right read, pick up five, six yards easily, mm-hmm. keep the defense off balance, and, the, and then get back into whatever else you want to do. I think I think picking the spots to do that, obviously without having it impede Trey Lance's physical ability to stay healthy and stay upright, you want to keep him healthy at all costs, that's one dynamic. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the off-schedule stuff is another dynamic. It's all tied to, to Lance's legs, but – the ability to be more explosive and and have, to your point, maybe not the same completion percentage, but maybe you're hitting some some forty yard passes here and there that that mean you don't have to have some of these fifteen, sixteen, eighteen play drives that the Niners had to have to be successful last year. It was the second half of the year, and look, you love having it, and it's awesome for your defense, especially if your defense is good or great. But you can't expect to go on these 16 play drives over and over and over and over and be successful. Yeah, and I and I I think 
to that to that other point is we talk about throwing the ball down the field. I don't even think it necessarily needs to be vertical. It's like, are you going to make the defense defend sideline to sideline? Because Garoppolo was not good at throwing outside the numbers, but Trey Lance has the arm strength to do that. We saw that even in his couple starts last year where he wasn't great, but you could see that he was going to use the whole field. And I think that's something that when you talk about opening up underneath stuff, opening up running lanes, it's going to just, by by virtue of Trey Lance's arm strength and ability to stretch the field horizontally and vertically, I think that's just going to make the Niners as a team harder to defend, even if the even if the quarterback play is not as efficient. And I think that's I, why they wanted to get to Lance now. And I think they and and maybe I didn't see this until I actually got out there for a couple of days, and and you hear people talk, and 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 you you get a chance to to see just the overall talent level. But I think for as much as we've said, hey, it's about Trey and it's about his ceiling and. Mm-hmm. There was all the discussion of do you need to give him last year to to basically have that be the year where he works through things and he can be better for the next year. Like you should have done it. La- you should have had this year be last year. You heard a lot right. of that, right? Well, this year's team does seem, in a lot of ways, a lot more complete than last year's team, which allows him a little bit more margin for error mm-hmm. than he would have had a, a year ago. He he may not be a perfect quarterback right now. I think he most certainly isn't. But he may not have to be at the same level as he would have had to have been last year. And you look at, I mean, the 49ers were, they would have been in a bad way, I think, if Trey Lance had had to play from the, from the jump. We wouldn't have been talking about 10-7 and 7 at the end of the year. We sure as heck wouldn't have been talking about the potential for being, you know, 8-10 minutes away from going to another Super Bowl. So that's that's my big question mark with, with Lance this year. Because whether he's good or bad, like, we don't know. We genu- We have not seen enough of him playing against NFL defenses to know like, yeah, Hey, he's on a good trajectory. He's on a bad trajectory, whatever. But if he does start out slow, like you said, what's the margin for error? If he starts out slow where he's inaccurate and he looks indecisive and he just kind of looks kind of how he did in the Cardinals game where maybe not running it as much, but as a thrower, you could tell he was a little bit hesitant on some of those plays. If he looks like that early, are they good enough that by the time, because I do think he's going to get his feet. I think he's smart enough, and I think he's skilled enough that that he's going to start figuring it out. Whether that's six starts or ten starts or thirteen starts, who knows? But let's put it about the ten start range, just just for a round number. After after nine games, can they be four and five? Can they be five and four? Like, can they be right there where they can rip off three, four, five in a row and be right back in the thick of the playoff race? That's my biggest question mark. Because if he struggles out of the gate and gets outside of that margin of error where they start 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5, now it may not matter if he gets his feet. They're still going to finish the year under 500, which, which, um, I'm not sure there's there's any scenario where that's going to be viewed as a good thing, even if he does start to figure it out toward the end of the year. So that's that's kind of my biggest question when it comes to his his development. I, I think he it is going to be a slow build for for him. I don't think four and five would be enough. I, I think it's got to be it's got to be more on schedule. Like to me, if you're a four and five team, you're probably not you're probably not making that run. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to have to be a little bit better than that. I mean, what are we talking, the difference between four and five and, and five and four? I mean, maybe. Yeah, to, me, it's more about, to me, it's more about how it, how it shakes out. And, and you mentioned 
it, it, it's keeping on schedule, I, I think, is, is probably the perfect way to put it. And I just, you know, I look at the first four games, and it's at Chicago, Seattle at home, at Denver, and the Rams are the first four. And at Denver, it's going to be that's going to be incredibly difficult. The, the Broncos mm-hmm. have a very good defense, and uh, I'm not sure you, they have Russell Wilson now, the, the Broncos. What? Yeah. They have, <laughs> they, have, they have Russell Wilson. So the Niners aren't going to go up against uh, Wilson in week two in the home opener, but they will in week three, <laughs> which so is funny. a Sunday night game in Denver, Sunday night game in Denver on, on September the 25th. And then the Rams at home is, is going to be tough, and that's on Monday, Monday night, night football yeah. and – the forty, you know that that's obviously a huge game as it, as it always is. Then you go to Carolina and Atlanta before things get even more difficult uh, for a few weeks after that. But as far as you almost have to be two and zero oh, in a way, yeah, and yeah, and I know the bear, the Bears are going to be thinking, hey, home opener as every team does, and Justin Fields and you know, new staff and. It, you know, every team that's got that new staff and their first games at home, they're trying to make some kind of a statement that that this year isn't going to be like last year. And so, I mean, that's not an easy game. Although you look at that game on paper and you go, "That's a game the 49ers are going to they're going to really need to win." Seattle, no more Russell Wilson. Wide range of discussion with Seattle as to are they tanking or or are they trying to be low key competitive? Well, the Niners didn't beat Seattle last year at all. They were 0-2 last year. So the quickest way you can be better than you were last year is beat Seattle right off the top at home. And then Denver and the Rams are going to be very difficult. So the the point I'm getting at is you kind of have to be 2-0 in a way, not to get ahead of, you know, the topics of August 30 on July 30, but you got to get off to a decent start. Yeah, well, just just to get back to the, the, the first half of the year, their bye week is week nine. And you talk about it's Chicago at Chicago, so so Lance opens up on the road in Week One, so that crowd's going to be fired up. And then it's home Seattle at Denver, L.A., and then Carolina at Carolina at Atlanta, and back to back weeks. Those are games they have to win. And so can they? And then it's Kansas City and L.A. Can they go four and four in those games? Like can they be four and four at the halfway point, and then finish six and three? I mean that's. A lot of it, a lot of it in the second half. Like if you're saying they're four and four going into the bye, a lot of their ability to go six and three in the second half, I think is going to depend on if Lance can hang with Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay starts racking up some points on the Niners. Um, can they do the same thing if if the Raiders are are good this year, which I which I think they might be pretty good. If the Raiders are good this year, can they get into a shootout with them and put up some points? Like that's where that's where my question with Lance comes in is like man the ceiling of the offense is supposed to be higher can you get it can you start pushing that ceiling or getting toward that ceiling in time to play Justin Herbert and the Chargers in time to play what might be an explosive offense in Miami we talked about Tampa Bay talked about LA there's there's definitely some some key check marks key benchmarks they're going to have to hit uh, throughout this year Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. He's Kyle Madsen. I'm John Dickinson. We're getting off here on a Saturday. We're rolling. 49ers training camp practice number four uh, is going to be ongoing here in just about an hour. We'll keep you posted on everything to come out of 49ers practice as we look uh, at this season, which is uh, just about six weeks away. Six weeks from tomorrow is game one, September 11th in Chicago. Uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, 
still not signed. What what is the template now with DK Metcalf of the Seahawks signed? And uh, what's the timeline for trying to get this thing done? We'll get into all that coming up next here, right? Uh, on 95.7 The Game. What can you assess from running backs now? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Without pads on versus when you put them on on Monday. And it says who's a natural runner. It's very easy to do that. Our practices aren't that much different. We have helmets on. Um, the way we come off the ball, the way you use your hands, I mean, you don't bang shoulders that much. I mean, you use your helmets, you use your face, you use your hands, and so you can see when backs can go full speed, not get stuck, hit the right hole. No matter how good they look, you don't know for sure until they know they're going to get hit, and that's when you find out in the preseason. You can know who's a talented guy and who hits the right holes, but you want to see their mindset when you, they know the running back knows people are coming for him, and you want to see if he's going for them. I know we had the Eric Armstead injury yesterday, and Armstead uh, set to be out uh, for a couple of weeks. It doesn't sound like it's a huge, huge deal uh, as far as uh, Armstead. Uh, and then, what, MCL sprain for Armstead? And then uh, update us on a couple of the things for that we've learned just within the last 15 minutes, including uh, Mo Hurst uh, could be done for the year. Yeah, so you said Eric Armstead, MCL sprain. few weeks, sounds like he's not a huge deal, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Niners are just super cautious with him. He's been one of their Ironmen over the last few years. He hasn't missed a game in the last four. So my guess is we'll see him back. Definitely not for the first preseason game. I bet we don't see him in the second preseason game, and then maybe after that they start working him back in. And then, yeah, Maurice Hurst tore his biceps, likely out for the year. He's going to need surgery there. And then Hassan Ridgeway. 
He has a mild quad strain. Sounds like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So that's three defensive tackles for the 49ers. We're looking at that group coming into camp, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, they're going to have to they might have to cut like a good defensive lineman just because they don't have roster spots. And now they're super thin at that position, and they'll probably sign another camp body soon. Yeah, they're going to have to do that. And Ar- Armstead, I'll see you September 11th. Yes. Yeah, Mo Hurst. I mean, we'll we'll see uh, on on him. But yeah, that's a that's a brutal, brutal, brutal injury. And and I think in terms of depth, I mean, he was going to be he he was going to be a, a key factor. And yeah, it, it's funny how quickly you go from maybe having twelve or thirteen players that you'd love to have on the roster to uh oh, do you have enough to fill out the ten that maybe you want to <laughs> maybe you want to keep on on your original fifty three? But but all in all, I think I think good news on Armstead uh, that that it's not something that's, at least at this stage, it appears going to keep him out for any regular season action. Yeah, they need him. Like, Maurice Hurst, good player, but you can survive without Mo Hurst. Hassan Ridgeway, right. good player, you can survive without. Eric Armstead is one of their key players on the defensive line. He does so much dirty work on the inside that they don't, I don't think they can readily replace him. He can even play defensive end in a pinch, but I, they can't just readily replace Eric Armstead. Like, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, so I, I think you might even be right. Like September 11th, opening weekend, that that's probably the first game action we see him in. Yeah, so you need, what, three three or four weeks to, to get right? Well, you can take six weeks and get right, or, yeah. or five and a half weeks and get right, and yep. then we'll see on the practice field the, the Wednesday before the, the, the first game uh, right. before they, they head to Chicago. We were talking uh, in the first segment a, a lot about Trey Lance, and we'll, we'll get into Debo, and we'll get into Jimmy, but we're talking about the slow start for Trey Lance, a couple interceptions the last couple of days, a, a three-for-10 uh, outing for him yesterday. Uh, and we got this text in the Comcast Business text line, and, and, and I, find it, I find it interesting, the dynamic it fascinates me. Six five zero. Trey cannot be a turnover machine like Jimmy, and it 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 kind of hit me with something that you said in in the first segment about Trey not being as accurate as as Jimmy Garoppolo in, in terms of the the completion percentage. You know, Jimmy had the reputation for bad throws, and there were one a half, one a game, but. I think the the under discussed the under discussed topic here is the fact that if Trey you know, accuracy isn't only incompletions and, and inaccuracy right. doesn't only lead to incomplete inaccuracy leads to and, and we saw this yesterday at the throw that was behind George Kittle uh, reportedly again we weren't out there but throw behind George Kittle Hufunga picks it off and is going the other way for what in a in a game maybe would have been a pick six inaccuracy on that front can be really, really bad, and that's where I think Jimmy Garoppolo in some ways was a little underrated, the Mm -hmm. fact that, yeah, we all focused in on the one bad play in each game or the two bad plays in each game, but Trey Lance could project to have a few more of those bad plays in each game. I think they'll look different. Like, they'll look look because that that one to George Kittle, the Niners actually posted a video of it, which is kind of wild. But they posted a video of it, and it is way behind him. It's yeah. not like he's reaching back and it's off his hand, and it's like, ah, mate. Like, no, it was way behind him. Now, some of the reports from practice yesterday said he was trying to force the ball into Kittle a little bit. So maybe that's what – but I, I do think you're right. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, finished with 12 interceptions last year in 15 games. It wouldn't surprise me if Lance is up in that 16-17 range 
because of what you talked about. Maybe he trusts his arm a little too much and he tries to fit it in a tight window. Maybe there's a there's an overthrow downfield or a miscommunication downfield with a receiver, and it, it's one of those ones that just goes right to the safety, hanging out in the middle of the field. It's going to be throws behind guys. Throws high. He misses high quite a bit. We saw that last year in his start against the Cardinals where he stepped up through the pocket and tried to throw to Travis Benjamin, threw it high, guy standing behind him, easy interception. So I, I think you're right. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe his interception numbers are about the same as Garoppolo, but Garoppolo, I think, had a 2.3 interception rate, so 2.3% of his throws basically went for interceptions. It wouldn't surprise me if Trey's a little bit higher than that, especially in year one. Well, and, and to that point, and to the texter's point, yeah, Trey cannot be a turnover machine, yeah. but I don't think Jimmy was quite the turnover machine that it seemed because – the the one the the ones were really bad and at times looked like they could be catastrophic in terms of of the outcome of the game. Right now, what also happened with Jimmy a lot is he had the knack for being able to make that that bad play, but then bounce back mm-hmm. and make a lot of really good plays that that could help the the 49ers win the game. So hey, if you don't make the bad throw, that you win the game. Well, Jimmy a lot of times would go. He'd make the bad throw, and then he'd he'd offset it by making some other some other good throws. Can Trey Lance do that? Because I think you're right. I, I think he can't be a turnover machine like Jimmy, but to expect Trey Lance to not turn it over as much as Jimmy Garoppolo did in year two, really year one, however you want to however you want to write it, mm-hmm. it, it's almost foolish to think that that he wouldn't. Turn yeah. it over some. Yeah, and I know he threw, what, one interception in college, but again, he didn't put it in the air a lot in college, and he was playing at the FCS level. So I'm I'm very high on Trey Lance. I, I think he's going to be a good player, but I do think that that's something that he might struggle with kind of throughout his career a little bit. But on the other hand, part of the reason that Garoppolo threw so many picks, or, or not so many, but part of the reason a lot of his interceptions happened is because teams knew he was probably going between the hash marks. He's probably throwing it somewhere in the middle of the field. The one that always sticks out in my head is, well, there's two plays. There's one, the one against the Packers, where Jair Alexander, the Packers corner, saw Garoppolo step up, peeled off of his receiver who was going to the boundary because he knew the throw was going to the middle of the field. So he cut across to the middle of the field and made the interception on what was probably going to be a completion. So that one sticks out because... Alexander knew, hey, going to the middle of the field. The other one was not an interception, but would have ended the Bengals game. And this gets forgotten about because the Niners won. But Garoppolo nearly threw a game-sealing interception in that one. Again, trying to throw a ball over the middle. Bengals safety, Jesse Bates, comes over the middle, hits him in the chest, and he drops it. Niners go on, and they end up um, they end up winning that game. But again, it's the safety cutting across the middle because he's just committed to the middle of the field because they know that they're not getting threatened anywhere else when Jimmy Garoppolo is under center. And that's where I think Lance can cut down on some of those turnovers in the middle of the field because he can hit uh, to the boundary, hit it deep, et cetera. All right, he's Kyle Matson. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Let's get Adrian uh, here, Santa Clarita on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Adrian? Adrian, Adrian. are you there? Gone. All right, no Adrian. (laughs) <laughs> Phone lines open at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. An opportunity for somebody to get in and take uh, Adrian's slot here. You know, one of the things I've 
thought of a lot is, and we've talked about this, I think, from time to time, what if Trey Lance has similar numbers to Jimmy Garoppolo but just isn't as clutch as Jimmy Garoppolo had been in, in some of the some of the big yeah. moments? That could be the difference between maybe being a 10-7 and 7 team and being a 7-10 a, a and 10 team. Like, there is a... For as maligned as Garoppolo was, and I think rightfully so at times, although it did get over the top at times. Totally. He he did have he did make big play. Like the the winning thing was not just everything else around him all of the time. A, a lot of the time, it, I mean, that was part of it. But he he did things to help fifty fifty games swing in a positive direction more than he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's and that's a skill that may be other than the leadership and the likability and, and, and the accuracy on, on some of the short stuff that might have been Jimmy Garoppolo's greatest skill. And look, nobody's saying Jimmy Garoppolo should still be the quarterback or anything like that. We all understand it was time to move on. That's not where I'm going with it. But but this year for Trey Lance. You know, you have some people that want to say, hey, he was the number three pick in the draft. He needs to be a superstar. Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. this is a franchise of right. you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks and, and all this stuff. You, like, to me, it's just, can you, be, can you be Jimmy Garoppolo? And I don't think the bar is so low. It's not as low as lo- a lot of people think as far as meeting what Jimmy Garoppolo has been these last couple of years. If Trey Lance can do that, a little more explosive, then it's a win. If he can't... Then, it, then I think that is a little bit problematic for the 49ers this season. Even this season where they think that a lot of these other areas of the football team are pretty damn good. Yeah, that's what I'm really interested to see is the Niners didn't draft Trey Lance to win the Super Bowl in 2022. Like They, they think they can, but this is about long-term ceiling because that was the frustration with Garoppolo and why I think you're right. I think it did get a little overboard, but the frustration was, man— he was really good in the last half of 2019, and then he fell apart in the playoffs. And then he got hurt in 2020 and wasn't very good when he did play. Maybe come back a little bit too early. And then in 2021, was just kind of Jimmy. It's like, okay, this is the ceiling. And the ceiling is falling short against Matthew Stafford and falling short against Patrick Mahomes. And in those moments where it's like, man, they need their QB to make a play and keep them in a game... He didn't do it in the biggest spots. I mean, Troy Aikman said it in the NFC Championship game after the Rams took the lead. He was like, I'm afraid this is going to be on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Niners are hopeful that Trey Lance eventually becomes the quarterback that, hey, when it's on his shoulders, he's going to go make a play for them. And that may not happen, to your point, that may not happen in 2022 because he's still getting his sea legs. He's still figuring out what defenses are going to throw at him, what he can and can't do with his arm. And maybe he just never gets there. And that's obviously the Niners' biggest fear but I think when it comes to 2022 specifically, I think they can have a successful year where they go 9-8, and eight, but Lance, by the end of the year, is just rolling. And they win three in a row, and he looks awesome. And now it's like, okay, 2023 now is the year where they're still going to have a really good team, but now they're going to pair this, this second-year starter who figured it out at the end of year one. So I, I don't... I don't know if he necessarily needs to be exactly and, and put them in the same spot Jimmy Garoppolo did last year to be successful. And I would I would actually, <laughs> I don't know if I would even bet on that happening because I do think the learning curve is going to be really, really sizable, especially early on. Well, the bar for Jimmy Garoppolo, or I'm sorry, the bar for Trey Lance's career is different than the bar for 2022. 
yes. think that's yes. like yes. the bar for his career is hey, you were the third pick in the draft and Go be a the Hall 49ers player. gave up three picks to to move up to get him and you need you need to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league at some point. That that's ultimately the bar for for his career. The bar for this year is can can you be similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, more dynamic, like you said, the ability to to maybe make some of those plays at the end of games that that, that Garoppolo didn't. He did and didn't, right? He he didn't in the championship game and the Super Bowl. He did a lot in the regular season and even in some other playoff games. One of the things I'm super fascinated to see, speaking of just this year, is if Kyle Shanahan's play calling in goal line, short yardage, fourth down situations changes at all. Because that's been a, a critique I've had of him. I, I, for the most part, think Kyle Shanahan does a really nice job as a head coach. But there's been times in like these fourth and one goal to go situations. We saw him kick a field goal after an 18 play drive against the Jags. We saw him. I'm going to go back to 2019. They had a fourth and one against the Ravens where they could have extended that drive late to, to possibly pull that game out in Baltimore. And they put it in Jimmy's hands in a fourth and one. And they, it was, I think, only Kittle out and a route. And he just tried to pump it in over the middle and it got knocked down. They had that play in the Super Bowl where he's trying to go to Kittle over the middle and, and, and and Chris Jones knocked it down in the middle for for the Chiefs. I wonder if Shanahan's play calling in those big spots changes it all here, where they do move the quarterback and have him roll out, or do a designed run, or maybe go play action on a third and short and try and take a deep shot because they know they're going to go for it on fourth and short. Those are the little kind of things that I'm fascinated to see with Kyle Shanahan, now that he's gotten to handpick a top three pick or a, a quarterback in the top three, which he's never gotten to do before. Let's get to Pete in San Ramon. Pete is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Pete. Hey, good morning, gents. Thanks for taking my call. So um, I'm curious whether there is a, a turnover machine ranking or rating system, and I... I'm wondering if Jimmy G is really that bad or if it just happened at the wrong time. And uh, like the kids say, please discuss. Thanks again. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Look, he threw some bad interceptions. Like, make no mistake. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to come up with excuses for Jimmy Garoppolo. He threw some bad interceptions at some inopportune times. Although I think a lot of time he threw some bad interceptions – early in the game and 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 to where it didn't you know when when their thrown matters mm-hmm. and i think sure there were games where you just knew he didn't have it in him to to lead that drive to where you need a touchdown mm-hmm. to to win the game or to to hang in the game there were times he did he did pull that off too but a lot of the big mistakes were i, I it seems like early in the game to where there was still an opportunity to overcome and the game wasn't completely wrecked by the fact that it occurred yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think the the a the frustration is, and I think the reason he, he he had excuse me he was tied with Joe Burrow in interception rate last year. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a higher interception rate. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields all had higher interception rates than Jimmy Garoppolo last year. So turnover machine, I think, is probably too strong. But on the other hand, a lot of them looked exactly the same. It was the same interception. Every game where he throws it over the middle, it's a little too high and it hits a safety or it hits a linebacker in the chest or whatever. And it was really frustrating that the same 
throw happened over and over. And then there's the one like that happened in the Super Bowl where he tried to throw it out of bounds and just couldn't get it there. And it just floated to a cornerback standing on the sideline or the one against Green Bay in this year's playoffs where they're going in to score and he tries to make a play. He rolls out. He throws it up for George Kittle. It's well short of the goal line and and the Packers come up with an easy interception. It's the plays like that where it's like, man, he's just not dynamic enough to make these plays. If it's not set up perfectly for him and the defense doesn't defend it correctly, he's he's I don't want to say useless. Useless is too strong, but he struggles. There's a baseline that that he was able to get to, but but uh, but a th- but also a, a threshold that he couldn't meet. I, I think at, at times that 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 put the 49ers in in positions where where you know he just you wanted more. You you wanted to be left with yeah. somebody that that was more state of the art is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, and it's not that's the thing. It's not that he was bad because he's not like bad quarterbacks quarterback bad teams it's very rare that you have a uh, Sam Darnold level quarterback quarterbacking a team in the playoffs so Jimmy was not bad but he was not the player that is going to overcome he's not going to be to you to borrow for a rising tide that that lifts all boats like he was just he was part of this machine and that's fine but in the modern NFL, at some point, you need to be able to remove the machinery and say, hey, quarterback, go make a play. Like, Just go go do something. The, the Patrick Mahomes performance in the Super Bowl they lost to the Buccaneers jumps out to me because they were down a couple offensive linemen. The Bucs' D-line is, is just teeing off. But Mahomes is still rolling out, getting the ball downfield, putting, putting I think he had two, two passes bounce off his, his, his receiver's face masks. Like, just going and making a play can can when the structure breaks down can you get outside the pocket and let one rip and turn a punt into a 25 yard completion like that's that's the kind of stuff that that Garoppolo just lacked that I think is going to be required moving forward in the NFL because at some point the opposing quarterback's just going to make a play no matter how good your defense is can your quarterback respond and ultimately, where the 49ers want to get, and it may not work out as far as the timeline for, for this year, but fortunately, the 49ers are really good at a lot of different positions, as we laid out in the first segment, and we can in a little bit more depth as, as the show goes on. But where they want to get to is where the quarterback is so good that you're winning 10 games just because he's on the roster. And then and then you can fill in the rest of it and try and make a run in, in a lot of different ways. Now, look, 22 is going to be the opposite of that. But but you look at a lot of the a lot of the good teams, the teams that are in the mix every single year. It's because the quarterback is good enough to put you right at nine or ten in the mix. Maybe some things go your way and you make it. Maybe some things don't go your way and you mm-hmm. don't. Maybe you have a great defense this year and that adds a couple. Maybe you don't in another year that takes a couple away. I think the Niners are hoping that they have everything else in place to where Trey can function and grow as the season goes on. Because I think we agree on that. What you want is Trey Lance at the end of the year to be noticeably better mm-hmm. than he is at the beginning of the year. I think you're spot on, but that the 49ers have enough other stuff to win enough to still be in the mix to where they are a, a wild card team. Like To me, the bar is you need to make the playoffs. 
Like if if, if Jimmy Garoppolo was average, and and you get now you got Trey Lance in there, and you're you're telling me that you're better in all these other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is this the best team? I mean, we're this is the best team on paper that the 49ers have had. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Sands quarterback because it's it's an unknown. You know, if you're making those claims, you still should be good enough to make the playoffs, even if it's nine and eight and you're a seven seed. That's where I draw the line. If like if you can make it, even if it's nine and eight, I don't care what you do once you're in successful season. If you can't, then we got a problem. What if it's nine and eight, but they like lose the tiebreaker because they lost to Tampa Bay or something? Not good enough. Wow. Okay. Now, look, not good enough is, you know, our head's going to roll. I mean, no. I mean, that. I mean that's the other thing. Like, sure. it could be not good enough, and it could be disappointing, but Kyle Shannon's still going to be the head coach next year, and Trey Lance is still going to be the starting quarterback next year. So, it's – I mean, you, you have to work under that context. It's not – but there are all – I mean, I think, I think if you ask the 49ers, stated goal, make the playoffs, right? Like, that's yeah. – like, I, I always go with what – Giving are, yourself what are, a chance. What is – Give yourself a chance. Make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. if, if you're so damn good in all these other areas and and the bar is so damn low for what Jimmy Garoppolo leaves as Trey Lance takes over, make the playoffs. And you don't even have to win 10 necessarily. You didn't have to mm-hmm. win 10. Well, the Niners did have to win 10 last year because it was the right 10. Right. But you didn't necessarily have to win 10 to get in. Yeah, I, I'm I'm of the mind that they, they should make the playoffs, but I think – and and in, you know what? In 2022, I agree with you, like for sure. But I think when you look long term, if they miss the playoffs, but Lance really figures it out over the last four or five games where you're going into next year going, man, they missed the playoffs, but he stepped on the gas at the end of the year. They're going to be awesome in 23. I, I think you can live with it then. But if it's nine and eight and he just kind of struggles all year and they just never really quite figure it out and it's the defense dragging them along then I think you've got a little bit of a problem going into 23. All right, he's Kyle Madsen. I'm John Dickinson. One hour in the books. We've got three hours to come. Are you okay with the 49ers maybe taking a step back in 2022, even if it leads to a couple of steps forward beyond that? 888-957-9570. And uh, as promised, we'll get into the conversation surrounding Debo Samuel. What are the right markers for Debo now that DK Metcalf has signed, it, it really became clear to me over the last couple of days. But uh, I, I'm going to run it by you, Kyle, uh, and we'll see if uh, my thinking on this is, is out of whack. We'll get into it. It's coming back. It's J.D. and Kyle, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.